now, we're up to our long-distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. I'm coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. It's a god last goddamn time. I want somebody to use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is uh, that, that's up tempo. And I gotta talk about a fucking dog dying. Look out! The lever! Get away from that lever! You'll blow us all to atoms! Welcome, everyone, to another episode of That Record Got Me. Hi, I'm your host, Rob Elba. Thank you all for stopping by. This is another one of our patron-curated episodes where we invite patrons of the show to send in their song picks relating to a theme. Really quick, I just want to mention that if you'd like to start participating in these really fun episodes, or if you'd just like to help support me and the show, simply head over to patreon.com forward slash trgmh. And for as little as $2 a month, you can become a patron of the show. I would really appreciate it. Okay, before we get started, I'm going to tell you all something. And it's not to bum you out, and it's not to get sympathy or whatever. But I think by now, regular listeners of the podcast, and especially patrons of the show, know that I kind of consider you all a family. And I will share bits and pieces of my personal life from time to time because this podcast uh, that I've been doing every week for over five years now has become a big part of my life. Uh, and I do feel a connection to those of you who take the time to listen. So on October 20th, I announced the theme for this particular episode. That song about death dying got me high. Uh, I knew there were a ton of songs out there relating to that theme, and I figured with Halloween coming up, it would be a fun, if a little dark, you know, subject uh, to delve into. All right. Two days later, on October 22nd, I had just gotten into work at LAX uh, around 5 a.m., and I got a call from the nursing home in Florida where my 92-year-old mom has been living at uh, that she had passed during the night. So I'm not going to go into all the specifics of the past year or so, which has been challenging, as some of you may already know. But the bottom line is, uh, as I flew back down to Florida for my mom's funeral and to say my goodbyes, I was also getting all these submissions of death songs, uh, which was pretty ironic when you think about it. But uh, I'm being honest, not entirely unwelcome, because um, as I said uh, right from the start when I first announced it, it's not necessarily uh, that dark a subject because death, uh, as we all know, is a part of life. And this is all part of life. And also uh, this podcast I do and, and uh, music 
is a part of my life as well. So there you go. There you have it. Uh, music uh, is for me, as I know it is for many of you, uh, a cathartic. It's often healing. And uh, like I said, death is just a part of life. And it's something none of us can escape. Uh, so I hope you all enjoy this episode. I ultimately enjoyed putting it together. And as always, I enjoyed hearing all of your picks. Truly. All right. We start things off with patron Zeb Stevenson and his pick. So take it away, Zeb. Hello, Rob and fellow TRGMHers. This is Zeb Stevenson from Atlanta, Georgia, and my pick for the song about death or dying that got me high is Pink Cigarette from Mr. Bungle's 1999 album, California. This song is as dark and grim as it gets, but its grip is undeniable. It tells the story of a man who, after enduring having been ignored, betrayed, and abused by his partner, decides to commit suicide so that she can find his body. While it isn't necessarily clear what her offenses were, the end result is disturbingly direct. Mike Patton's incredible vocal range is on full display here, as he is the sole vocalist for not only this track, but for the entire album. The bizarre build of intensity and screaming crescendo to the sound of an EKG flatline is so wildly disturbing that, if you're anything like me, you'll question yourself for liking it so much, but you won't be able to help it. Mr. Bungle are incredible, if not difficult to get used to, and there's no good introductory track, but give this one a shot. Now here's longtime patron and friend Corey Dubrowa with a particularly poignant for me pick. Uh, hey, Rob and fellow TRGMH listeners, Corey Dubrowa here, one foot out the door to London. Uh, a long time ago, I got to interview Richard Butler from the Psychedelic Furs, and I learned something really valuable, which is this. He may have had something specific in mind when he wrote any given song, but you know, whatever you think the song means, that's what it means to you. Or as Sonic Youth Thurston Moore once said, once the idea has left your head, it's already compromised. So I know that Mark Everett, a.k.a. Eels, wrote this song about an ex-girlfriend and missing her on a, I guess, particularly lonely Sunday. But he also lost his mother and his sister a few years prior to writing it, which is what his album Electroshock Blues is all about. I think this might be one of the finest albums about loss outside of Neil Young's Tonight's the Night pretty much ever. It's just extraordinary. Anyway, this song 
you can decide what it's about. I think it's about death and dying, and it's helped me get through some really serious loss. It's both profane, almost kind of funny in its profanity, but super lovely all at once. Maybe it'll help you too. It's a motherfucker Being here without you Thinking about the good times Thinking about the bad And I won't ever be the same It's a motherfucker Getting through a Sunday Talking to the walls, just me again But I won't ever be Thanks, Corey. Uh, I will agree that whole record is fantastic and a personal favorite of mine. All right. And now we have another personal favorite of mine, uh, both the patron and the band that she chose. So let's hand things over to Marsha Potts. Hey, Robin listeners. This is Marsha in Central Florida. And that song about death that gets me high is Death of a Clown by the Kinks. And I've chosen this song because, well, I love the Kinks. God save the Kinks. But... I chose it because this song is about figurative death as opposed to actual death. And I've got a feeling this episode is going to get very deep, kind of dark, possibly scary, and some bouncy chamber pop could maybe briefly lighten up the mood. Thank you, Marsha, and thank you, Dave, Death of a Clown Davies, as Ray used to uh, introduce him as. <laughs> That's only Ray could do to torture his poor brother. 
And now here's our friend and patron, Bobby Joe, who was a little under the weather when she sent this submission in. And I was, I'll be honest, I was seriously confused when I received it because it said it was from Bobby Joe, but it sounded like, like some old dude who had been smoking for the past 80 years or so. Uh, but take it away, Bobby Joe. Hey Rob, hey everybody from that record got me high, folks. Um, it's Bobby Joe. As you can tell, I'm super sick. Um, I always know I'm crazy sick when I sound like that one pointer sister, that one that goes automatic. <laughs> anyway, so um, wanted to get my my submission in. Um, I chose this one song I just picked up from like a dollar record. I insanely love like buy records that. I don't really know what they are, but they're only a dollar. So, you know, it's kind of like a scratch off ticket. You're not really sure if it's going to be good or not, but you know, it's only a dollar. Anyway, this band is awesome. Um, I only know like one of their other songs, but I took a chance on this one and it's, <laughs> it's really, really good. And I suggest you start playing it at like four minutes 40 seconds or like four minutes 50 seconds that's when the song really takes off and <laughs> i don't know why it has a very very long slow intro i hope you like it it's called uh the band's called cj and co and the the song is called dead i dick Thanks, Bobby Joe. As always, that was a great pick, and I hope you're feeling better again. And now uh, we have our friend Dan Bonebreak. Uh, he sent a song in, which I'm not going to lie, uh, kind of uh, gut punched me uh, in my already weakened state, as some of these songs did. Uh, take it away, Dan. Hello, TRG Majors. It's Dan Bonebreak of Lightworkers and Enablers. That song about death dying that got me high is Husker Du's Hardly Getting Over It. This moody, dirge-esque song instantly pulled at my heartstrings. There's the haunting piano, Bob's breathy vocal delivery, Grant's perfect drums, and the controlled calamity that ends each chorus. And died away at the end of the second verse uncomfortably chills the soul. The first two choruses project how others are coping. He's hardly getting over it, hardly getting by. But in the third chorus, the narrative flips to I'm hardly getting over it with regards to the mortality of the grandparents and parents after pondering what do I do when they die powerfully understated and restrained song from one of my favorite bands. Cheers. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, now we have my friend and friend of the show, Isa Basaras, with a song that did not make me want to burst out crying, uh, but it did bring back memories of a 12-year-old me hearing it on the radio because it was played a lot on the radio in 1975. Hey, Rob and fellow listeners, this is Isa Basaras, a song about death that got me high. I chose Run, Joey, Run, a strange choice. Um, it was an odd song. But God, how we loved it. My brother and I used to sit around our sound design uh, stereo component uh, that had lights and everything. And we wait for this song to come around because we would just get such a ghastly thrill out of it. Uh, it's a first person narrative. Joey tells us the story of his girlfriend, Julie, whom he loves very much. He gets her pregnant. Father finds out, comes over to shoot him, but she jumps in front of the bullet. And it begins with this acapella church choir thing that just thrilled us and at six years old it would keep me up at night and uh, we couldn't get enough of it the ending has this tearful pleading julie fearfully begging her father to have mercy on joey as she dies very dramatic we loved it in hialeah so there it is run joey run by david gettys 1975 enjoy the rest of the show and be well The same old dream I hate to close my eyes I can't erase the memory The sound of Julie's cries She called me up late that night She said, Joe, don't come over My dad and I just had a fight And he stormed out the door I've never seen him act this way My God, he's going crazy Says he's gonna make you pay for what we've done. He's got a gun, so run, Joey, run, Joey, run. Daddy, please don't. It wasn't his fault. He means so much to me. Daddy, please don't. We're gonna get married. 
got in my car and I drove like mad till I reached Julie's place. She ran me. Thank you, Izo, for that song and that memory. All right, now here's patron Matt Marzullo uh, with a fantastic song by a fantastic band that we somehow haven't covered yet on TRGMH, uh, but I'm sure we will eventually. Take it away, Matt. Hey, Rob, this is Matt, and the song I'm going to introduce is called Tears, and it's by one of my favorite bands ever called The Chameleons. And this song is about the death of a loved one or someone very close to the singer, Mark Burgess, who wrote the lyrics. And hopefully you were able to get the full band version. There are two versions of the song out there, a, a full band version and a acoustic version. Either one is fine, but I like the full band version better. Anyway, love this band, love this song. Check it out. our friend Paul Marfleet uh, with a great song uh, by someone I was not familiar with but who has a definite Kate Bush vibe which I'm going to tell you I am here for. Hi Rob and fellow TIGMH listeners Paul Marfleet from Ellsbury in the UK here and the song I'd like to share with you all for this latest Patreon episode is Daffodils by the LA singer-songwriter Casey Johansing from her latest album Year Away written as a tribute to a dying friend I like the way that Casey uses two of the flower's characteristics, its short lifespan and vivid colour, to remind us that while all things in nature are transient, their beauty can also serve as a symbol of hope in difficult times. The song features an arrangement which is careful and deliberate, and which complements the sensitive lyrics. Beginning with Casey accompanying herself on piano, it builds to a reverb-drenched finale that reminds me of the ornate chamber pop that groups like the Dream Academy used to make. And the song's ultimate message, that a life lived to the fullest should be celebrated, is one that I think we can all get behind. All of my memories come and
all Casey Johansson. Yeah, that was great. And now here's our pal Tom Laurie with his pick, uh, which I'm pretty sure you will dig. Hey, that record got me killed, listeners. This is Tom from St. Pete. The uh, king of goth, Nick Cave and his bad seed friends came up with a great little ditty called Dig Lazarus Dig. And it basically tells the modern day story of Lazarus, a story that freaked him out as a kid. And it poses the idea of what if Lazarus came back in modern day times being dead for four days. Everybody remembers the story of Jesus being late, uh, healing his friend Lazarus and bringing him back after being uh, dead for four days, maybe a little ripe too. But uh, in five days, they put together this whole album. So this is a 2008 compilation along with Mick Harvey, James Johnson, Warren Ellis, Tom Wilder, and Martin Casey. Um, it's got a kind of a walking swagger beat to it, and the story's quite uh, funny, tragic. So he comes back, he starts off as a guru, he gets into hedonism, then fame, then drugs, then madness, then the grave again. And the point he brings up at least twice is, uh, did he ever ask for this? Did he want to come back? I mean, if he knew the answer to the ultimate question, what happens after you come back, would he want to? And then, of course, then, uh, you know, Nick has a lot of uh, biblical references. The issue is uh, something's going on upstairs. He's just not quite sure what. Enjoy. Nest up in the autumn branches Built from nothing but high hopes and thin air he Collected up some baby blasted mothers They took their chances And for a while they lived quite happily up there He came from New York City, man But he couldn't take the pace And thought it was like a doggy dog world and he went to San Francisco, spent a year in outer space With a sweet little San Franciscan girl I can hear my mother wailing And a whole lot of scraping of chairs I don't know what it is, but there's definitely something going on upstairs Tom, see what I did there with the date thing? Take it. Uh, okay. Our newer patron, Poison Applethorpe, brings us into the world of theater for this great outside-the-box pick. Hi, guys. First, if The Great Gig in the Sky by Pink Floyd does not get recommended, I'll be shocked. But I will not be the one to recommend it. I am going to recommend Jesus Christ Superstar, Gethsemane, by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. This is a concept album that got turned into a stage musical. At this point in the musical, Jesus is coming to terms with the fact that he must die. There is a lot of defiance in Tim Rice's lyrics and a lot of agony in Andrew Lloyd Webber's orchestrations. And it is a great showcase for any given singer who is performing this 
masterpiece of rock and symphonic sound. I am specifically, I'm going to cheat. I am going to recommend two recordings of this song. There is the 1973 film version with Ted Neely singing. There is a way. Take this cup away from me. For I don't want to taste its poison. Feel it burn me, I have changed. I'm not as sure as when we started. Because I think that is when the score and orchestrations and vocals were the best. But in recent years, um, the composing team has changed the orchestrations to be more modern. Um, which is my second recommendation, Steve Balsamo in the 90s, which has the new orchestrations, but also this added section where he has to hold the highest note ever for 22 seconds, and it is the most epic thing. Also the finale of it, there's this added coda where there's a false end and then he returns and just like punches you with his vocals. It sends chills up my spine sometimes. But there are also literally hundreds of versions of this song of Jesus Christ Superstar out there. Um, You cannot go wrong with it. Even if it's bad, it is so entertaining. Gethsemane, Jesus Christ Superstar, you're welcome. Why then am I scared to finish what I started, what you started? I didn't start it. God, thy will is hard, but you hold every card. Poison. Give me a little extra work there, but that's fine. Okay, this next submission from Todd Bauk. This is kind of a big deal because it's by an artist that I silently vowed never to feature on my podcast. Uh, I know some people really love him and his band, but he's just never been my cup of tea. But once again, as usually happens when I take off my hater hat and actually listen to the song, I had to admit it's a pretty great song. God help us all. Hey there, TRGMH. It's Todd from Portland, Oregon. And the song about death or dying that got me high 
has some links back to the first job I had out of college. I taught outdoor education in a city park near a cemetery in northern Illinois, and school districts would visit the park to teach the kids history by having them wander around the old cemetery. Armed with sheets of butcher paper and big chalk sticks, we'd all wander around and create rubbings of intriguing headstones. The person's name, the years they were alive, maybe a couple details about their life. Then, remembering that they had the attention span of a fifth grader, we'd have the kids make up very short stories of the person's life. My song, Dave Matthews's Grave Digger, from his solo album, Some Devil, captures this experience. Short stories of dead people woven together in verse. The song won Dave a Grammy in 2004 for Best Male Rock Performance. The album actually features two versions. I prefer the one at the end, which is the acoustic version. He doesn't perform this song with the Dave Matthews Band. He chooses instead to perform it in solo shows, usually with Tim Reynolds, or during a solo break in a Dave Matthews concert. Like him or not, this is a great song. And now... Dave Matthews has made it to TRGMH. Come on, do people really dislike him after all these years? Today, there is so much more worthy of your dislike. Try this song out. I think you'll like it. Peace. Jones, 1810-1913 Made his great-grandchildren believe you could live to 103 103 is forever when you're just a little kid So Cyrus Jones lived forever Grave digger When you dig my grave Could you make it shallow? So that I can feel the rain Grave digger Muriel Stonewall, 1903 to 1954 Lost both of her babies in the second great war Now you should never have to watch As your only children lowered in the ground Never have to bury your own baby Grave digger When you dig my grave Could you make it shallow So that I can feel Thanks, Todd, I guess Okay, another one of our patrons from across the pond Richard Farnell Brings in a song and artist that I was not familiar with But perfectly fits our theme. Hi, Rob and fellow listeners. My choice for this particular episode is What Will Death Be Like by the Scottish singer and songwriter Momus. He's been doing this for some 40 plus years now and uh, many, in fact, most of, of his songs, highly intelligent, packed with references to literature, mythology, films, his main influences probably Bowie and Howard DeVoto, 
and also there's a hefty dose of Jack Brell, especially in this song. So in this song, he lists all the things that death won't be like, and the payoff at the end is um, the fact that he gets to the point and he just says, death will be like, and the song stops dead, because as we all know, nobody has been able to tell us what death's like, because it's not the kind of thing you recover from. So, here we go. Momus's 1986 song, What Will Death Be Like? And you can find this on his compilation album, Monsters of Love, which came out in 1990. But it's over there on Spotify, and you can read his biography on there as well. And that kind of fills you in on who this genius is. Thank you very much. Death will be unlike the night times When we lie awake thinking of death Death will be unlike the spiders' maracas That rattle inside your life's breath Death will be unlike the Mexican festivals Skeletons wearing top hats Death will be unlike the brownstone apartments The dynamite or dereliction collapse Hangman relaxes by playing Death will be unlike the hound of the Baskervilles Chilling the world with its pain Death will be unlike the British Museum Its bodies from peat bogs and bones Death will be unlike the curse of the mummy That turns the explorers to stone Death will be unlike a great roller coaster A plunge from a boast to a scream Death will be unlike mahogany coffins Great pianists play in their wildest, strangest dreams Death will be unlike a garden in autumn Where poets can sit and compose Death will be unlike the granite memorials Where memories wither in rows Death will be unlike the charge of the light brigade Alfred Lord Tennyson rhymes Death will be unlike a thin piece of paper Thank you so much, Richard. And now here's another first for the podcast. Uh, His longtime patron, Alan Zweig, he calls an audible and completely changes his pick at the last second, as you will hear. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Take it away, Alan. Hi, Rob. Hi, TRGMH listeners. The death set got me high. Well, four years ago, this record came out by one of my favorite artists. And I was going to buy the record and I was going to go see him. He was coming to town in about a week. In the meantime, a friend of mine, a friend of mine killed himself. And I organized a wake for my friend and I came out of the car and then I turned on the radio and I found out that this person whose record came out, who was coming here, had also killed himself. Anyway, so that was uh, David Berman, a.k.a. Silver Jews, the record with Purple Mountains. Now, four years later, coincidentally, I'm actually starting to make a film inspired by my friend's suicide. And and I'm thinking of licensing a song from that Purple Mountains record, a kind of pretty sad song called uh, Nights That Won't Happen. But fuck it, you know what? I don't want to, um, I'm going to call it audible on this one. I don't think that song is in the spirit of this episode. So, Rob, can you just play 
Death Sound Blues by Country Joe and the Fish. I don't want to re-record this. That's a better song for your death episode. Thanks. Maybe Alan instinctively knew to keep his pick a little lighter uh, because of my fragile state. Uh, I don't know. Probably not, though. But uh, hey, once again, uh, we have something exciting. Uh, This is a brand new patron, Klee Felberg. This is awesome. Klee Felberg became a patron. And then he this is his very first and hopefully not last patron episode pick. Hi, this is Klee from San Francisco. My selection is Dying by XTC. Written by the band's Colin Moulding, it comes near the end of the album Skylarking, the winter part of that album. It has these very English lyrics from the perspective of coming upon a recently deceased loved one. Here they are. What sticks in my mind is the sweet jar on the sideboard and your multicolored tea cozy. What sticks in my mind is the dewdrop hanging off your nose, shriveled up and blue. And I'm getting older too, but I don't want to die like you. I don't want to die like you. Don't want to die like you. Kills me. It frightens me when you come to mind. The day you dropped in the shopping line. And my heart beats faster when I think of all the signs. All the signs. Don't want to 
like you Don't want to die like you Don't want to die like you RGMH family. All right, and now here's Seattle patron Eric Lorman with a really great song about something that is stronger than death. Hey, Rob, this is Eric Lorman, your West Coast friend and neighbor from Seattle. Um, it's been a minute since we've chatted. Um, I saw your uh, note come in on the podcast and referencing the Halloween theme, but I my first song that I thought about was not in that direction. Um, rather it was the, the love is stronger than death. Um, it's the first song that popped in my head when I thought of death and I guess it goes the other way. Uh, I know Matt wrote the song, Matt Johnson wrote the song about the passing of his brother. Um, and there's a, a verse in there that, uh, really sticks out for me where he says, how can you believe that the life within the seed that grew arms that reached and a heart that beat and lips that smiled and eyes that cried could ever die. Uh, Matt's just always such a great lyricist, but that's the one that sticks out for me. I look forward to hearing everybody else's choices and uh, hope you're well. Thanks, Rob. It's our friend Hillary Duckerty, who is the co-host of one of my favorite shows, The Muck Podcast. It's a true crime podcast that focuses on the seedy world of politics. And Hillary and her co-host Tina are a hoot, and I highly recommend it. I really do. Uh, I was not shocked by her song pick because I already knew she was obsessed with this artist. So here's Hillary. Hey, Rob. It's your friend Hillary still in Florida while you have escaped to California. I am so jealous, but I know you're having a great time out there. Um, talking about death, we have to talk about my main girl, Phoebe Bridgers. I was on your podcast talking about her album, Punisher. I'm going to invite myself to come on to talk about Stranger in the Alps if you'll have me. 
which was her first album and uh, a lot of death theme throughout most of her songs. And there's one song on Stranger in the Alps called Funeral. And obviously it's about death. She talks about singing at uh, a funeral for someone who's just a little bit younger than her and what that's like. I believe it was a friend of hers who passed away um, from drug, a drug overdose. And then she also talks about in the song having a dream about death. So, you know, it's perfect for this theme that you have going on here. <laughs> I hope you're doing well and uh, love to your family. Uh, talk to you soon. Bye. episode without our old pal Todd Nolan bringing the great knowledge and truly horrible puns he likes to bring a lot of horrible puns so take it away Todd hey there deadheads it's Todd six feet under the sod Nolan from Nashville Tennessee checking in with my obituary of an entry for that song about death that got me high I knew going into this that the mass grave of choices might bleed out a little on the bleak side so instead I rolled with a song that rattled my bones and made me just want to get down. So I cranked the hi-fi to 11 and lay the needle to rest on Can't Play Dead by the British soul rock group The Heavy. Can't Play Dead is the opening track on the band's third full-length album, The Glorious Dead, released back in 2012. The album title came from them seeing The Glorious Dead carved into a shit ton of monuments around the UK as part of various war memorials. They really liked the way it sounded, and it seemed to feed into their love of zombie movies, sounding a bit like a schlocky horror film. Following a suggestion from their tour bus driver and a desire to explore their obsession with Southern American soul, the album was recorded in Columbus, Georgia, featuring a gospel choir and the strings and hornwork of Gabriel Roth of Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Can't Play Dead opens with a sample of the trailer for the 1966 B-horror movie, She-Beast. 
The movie is about an evil Transylvanian witch that comes back from the dead by possessing a woman so she can seek revenge and kill the cursed descendants of those responsible for her death, all while avoiding the great-grandson of notorious vampire hunter Professor Van Helsing. Singer Kelvin Swaby says about the horror vibe of the song, It feels like the soundtrack to a zombie B-movie built around a filthy garage rift. The track's subject, a woman who walks like a zombie, talks too cold, lives in a graveyard like the one I call home, is the music business. There are way too many puppets in this industry now. Real music is getting lost. You have all these shows that make puppets every season, and then you don't hear about them the next season. This business can take you to the grave and spit you out. The band was experiencing this on the heels of success from their massive hit song, how You Like Me Now, from their previous album, The House That Dirt Built. Everyone kept on asking them how they were going to top it, to which Swaby responded, We are not going to lie down and play dead. The stop-action animated video for the song was created by Jason Willis from Arizona and takes on all these themes of the she-beast and the death of a puppet version of the heavy, and Monster mashes it all into a masterpiece of schlock, feeling a bit like the bastard child of Tim Burton fucking a voodoo doll. It's fucking brilliant. This she-beast of a song has been on regular rotation on all my Halloween playlists for years. It's deadlier than Dracula, wilder than the werewolf, more frightening than Frankenstein. It's the horror of the heavy, and their soul-damning song, Can't Play Dead. Where has she That's the episode, except for my pick. Uh, I'm going to be honest and tell you that I was bouncing around some song ideas when I first came up with the theme, but once my mom passed, I trashed them all, and I ended up on one of my favorite songs that kind of fits the theme, but I feel like it's also a fitting tribute to my mom, I think. Uh, it's a song, Heaven, by Talking Heads. Uh, so it's not really about death, right? But uh, what heaven might be like after someone dies... I'm not a religious person, as most of you would know, and I'm not sure I really believe in heaven, but I will say the idea that when someone you love passes and they get to go 
to this boring place where nothing really happens, but it doesn't matter because they're at peace and maybe uh, with others they love to have also passed. That's a very appealing uh, idea. So I'm going to go with it. I'm going to play the live version from their 1984 concert film, Stop Making Sense, because I love that movie and revisit it a lot. For me, it's one of the best examples of musicians experiencing pure joy making music together. Uh, This has been a tough week, but once again, listening to all your great submissions and hearing all these great songs made me feel happy. And I hope it makes all of you feel some happiness as well. I'm dedicating this episode to my mom, Marianne Elba. Mom, I hope you're with Dad again. I hope you're at peace and happy in a place where nothing ever happens. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time. There is a party. Everyone is there. Everyone will leave at exactly the same time. When this party's over, it will start again. Will not be any different. Will be exactly the same. is over It will start again Will not be any different Will be exactly the same